As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by Shooter Magooder, and we are joined by a very special guest, Brooke Ashley. You might know her YouTube channel, The Brooke Ashley. She recaps all things Bravo, pop culture. Brooke, how are you today? I am well. First off, let me just say, I feel so honored to be here. Like, I'm a huge fan. Thank you so much for having me. I cannot wait to get into it. Yeah, we're happy to have you. It's always Thank nice to break you. it down with somebody that knows how our banter works, too. So it's going to be great to get you in the mix with us. Yay. <laughs> yeah, and we, we will try not to be too dumb. You know, we're kind of morons, but we'll do our best no. here. <laughs> no, you guys are on point. Y'all are on point. I'm not. I'm, I'm excited. Well, how did you get into recapping this stuff? Like, what's your story? Give us a little background. I'll make it short and sweet, but I have always been obsessed with Bravo, like since I was a teen. So like when OC first came out, I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. And then it wasn't until maybe like four or five years, my mom was like really big. She was like, you know, big and like pushing me into like doing it. She was like, you've always wanted to be in entertainment. Like do it. Like you have the talent, like go ahead and just start. Like what's the worst that can happen? And my dad was also a big supporter. And I really had to credit them because they were just like, go for it. Like life is too short, follow your dreams. And yeah, I'm just, I really owe it all to them. So they pushed me and I started out. And of course, you know, you're small, nobody's watching you. And it wasn't until Potomac season five where they were like, that's when the traction started building because that was such an explosive season. And that's when everything really just fell into place. And I was like, okay, like, I feel like I found my purpose and it just feels so good. Like I wake up every day just so blessed and just so happy. Like I, I'm doing what I love and you really can't beat that. No, that's, I mean, that's great. And Steele and I will do the same thing. We'll be in uh, text threads together and just start texting about Bravo on the side. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're fully in it. And we, we realized that a couple of months in, we're like, well, this is, I guess this is where uh, the direction's going for us. This is what we're going to have to do. And now, I mean, if you go through our text thread, it's absolutely insane. It's just every morning, one of us will text the other one about something that happens and then game planning for the week and everything. And it's, it's great. I mean, we love doing it. It worked out really well. So it's just one of those things. If you can do it and actually enjoy doing it and monetize it, good for you. Just go for it. Who the hell cares? Your story is a lot cooler than ours, though, because it's very (laughs) like my parents were like, you got to go for it. I followed my dream. And this like that's that's a really cool like I was inspired. I'm like, that's awesome. Instead of like me and this idiot were at a party and someone's like, you should start a podcast. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, sounds good. I'll see you on Tuesday. <laughs> but my parents and wife are also very supportive. I don't want to knock yes. that out. It's just, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's awesome. But if you guys, we'll give you a quick plug already. If you guys do not follow Brooke Ashley, go to her YouTube page. Um, she has a ton of followers, way more than we do. So she is what you would call a Bravo expert. And uh. it's funny that you um, got your your traction with Potomac Potomac is my favorite. I love Potomac It is by uh-huh. far my fave. Um, I got shooter into it. I was so excited to do the first season with him. Um, his first jump into it was last year. 
Okay. And then we ended up having Chris on our show actually because of that whole thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that was actually one of our bigger pushes when we got that interview with him. He actually drove to my house yeah. in Philly to do the interview. But I do want to start with that real quick. And then we're going to get into Salt Lake, a little bit of Roni, and then some Beverly Hills. Obviously, there's been some recent news come out about mm -hmm. or some allegations, I guess you should say, about Chris Bassett. Now, do you think there's any merit to these or do you think that this is an opportunistic grab for somebody that saw that he was, you know, already under fire and then there's a little more evidence coming out? What's your take on the whole possible side chick narrative? I don't believe this at all. I think that it's a lie. I think that this is orchestrated by Ashley Darby because we know that she just has she just really can't help herself. Don't get me started on Potomac. Like, we'll be here all day. So let me just control <laughs> myself and just keep this short. But, you know, I think this is all a lie. I think that there's obviously something, there's a vendetta against Chris and Candace for whatever reason. I think that um, Ashley probably put her sorry friend up Sesame Street to get to pay this lady $50 in a parking lot and a gas card and said, hey, go on Tasha K and lie and say that you know, you're cheating with him, but I don't believe it for a minute. I don't think that the woman wasn't in her right mind when she had the interview, there were no receipts. So I don't believe this. I don't think he'd be so stupid to do that, knowing that there is an X on his back. So I don't believe this. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're kind of there too. And obviously we've kind of grown in a relationship with Chris because he was incredibly real for a show you know it's reality tv and we always claim that sometimes people are not that real on these shows mm -hmm. he came over and talked to us and I, I can't see it you see him and candace's dynamic you see what he went through last year he was talking to us i mean he was broken down he's like this sucks i don't want to do this i don't even want to be on camera half the time but mm -hmm. i do it because my wife wants to do it so he's being supportive to his wife and then of course you know we saw all the allegations last year and thankfully bravo editing stepped in had those little scenes where he clearly was not looking at Ashley's friend. So no. he has nothing to do with this. And I think it's really just going to be a pitchfork scenario again this year. We're going to go after Chris and after Chris and after Chris, it's going to be brutal. I don't, I hope it's not the whole season, but I can't see the allegations ever working for that. No. And I think in that interview, not only did the interviewer preface it with, she was intoxicated for the duration of this, but the actual interview was more of her talking shit about Candace than it was about. Yeah. Like, so it's clearly just you're trying to grab some limelight here. I didn't. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's all bullshit, but just wanted to get your take on it as a as a resident Potomac expert. So thank you for that. But we love throwing expert around now. <laughs> yeah. Well, somebody called us experts like two weeks ago, I think. Yeah. And I liked it so much that I try to shoehorn it in at any moment. They're just, ah, we're experts now. If so. we're experts, everybody's an expert. Everybody's an expert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're using that term much more loosely these days, but um, <laughs> let's talk about Salt Lake and Salt Lake is my second favorite up until last season. I was devastated by last season because it was not a good season. So I'm glad for me, at least this has been a return to form. For the ladies of Salt Lake, I feel like it's a much more cohesive season. We're getting a lot more storylines, a lot more participation. It's not just about the Jen Shaw show anymore, thank God. But um, what's your take thus far? Like, how are you enjoying the season? How do you think it's going for everybody? I think that this might be, no, you know what? No, it's actually not too far out for me to say. I think that this might be their iconic breakout season. I always sort of compare their trajectory to Potomac where the first few seasons were kind of slow 
And then they really like hit their stride when Candace joined. And I feel like this season, I think is going to be their golden season. I think that right now everybody's firing off on all cylinders. That dinner scene when they were in Palm Springs, I mean, that was just like TV gold. That's up there for the book. So I think that, yeah, SLC, they had a slow start, but they are really giving what the other girls are supposed to have gave. Like I'm here, they're understanding the assignment and I love every minute of it. Yeah, that, I mean, we're in the same path, too. And we're talking about that with comparing it to last year. Last year was just brutal. Yeah. But we finally got the palate cleanser. We got rid of Jen Shaw. And now here we are. We're enjoying it thoroughly every week. And we're trying to find cracks in the armor, trying to say, like, you know, Angie's a little boring. She seems a little fake. I don't really need her on screen. But there's so many more captivating people on that show mm -hmm. that you can't even blame them. I mean, you just have to watch the TV show and just enjoy it. And we're looking forward to it every week. Uh, I was actually bummed out. Now, Steele told me the other day that there, there's no episode this week. So now we just have to wait another week. And I was bummed about that. There's not? Yeah, no. so you didn't know either. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like so upset. <laughs> this is when we're first. so bad. I was talking about this earlier with Beverly Hills. We are so bad. I heard like months ago that Beverly Hills was coming back November 3rd or November 2nd or whatever it was. And then all of a sudden it's coming back tomorrow and I had no idea. So we are, Steele and I are the absolute worst with keeping track of the timelines. Yep. But Disaster. when it comes to Salt Lake, there's nothing to complain about. It's just great TV every week and there's something to look forward to. They actually had a really good infusion of new blood by throwing Monica in there. And Monica, I feel like to me, can kind of paint a different picture for Housewives, bringing in somebody who's a struggling single mom who actually watches all these women that are, you You, you have you have notes? Uh, what I was have, that, Brooke? I wanted to ask you about Monica. Is okay. wearing on my patients. She reminds me of Gina from OC. Okay. Oh, that's a yeah. scathing indictment of her character. Yeah, that's a little tough. <laughs> really, you compare anybody to anybody on OC, it's a scathing indictment. But <laughs> I don't know, because may, you might be right, honestly. If if you are right, we'll revisit this, and I'll come back, and we'll make sure that we get you back on the show, because I will eat my words live on camera. Not really sure how that works, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure something out. Yeah, we'll figure something out for it, because Monica, I could see her taking that trajectory where, yes, in the first couple of episodes, we're like, whoa, this is different. We're not used to seeing something like this on a Housewife show. And now she's in there, and I don't know. I could see her wearing me down a little bit. So you might be right. See, I disagree. I think <laughs> that she is great for the show. I like somebody that doesn't put up with shit, and she doesn't seem to put up with anybody's shit. She comes off a little rough around the edges sometimes, for sure. But it's nice to see her kind of stand her ground when people start pushing her and i like you know for me i know that a big part of housewives is the luxury and it's the extravagant lifestyles and things like that and i love that and we all love that that's partly why we watch these shows there's a way to do it i think and for me the way that lisa barlow has gone about it this season is not fun it's she's just like throwing it out there with no regard for how other people might feel about it in for example, like when she's talking about the the ring, the $60,000 ring, and she keeps saying it over and over again, like, we got it. It's a $60,000 ring. Monica has brought it to your attention. Like, I don't love when you do this in front of me. And instead of Lisa being like, you know what? I hear you a little bit. She's just like, well, maybe if you made more money, you could buy nice things. And it's like, but you can't reference somebody's work ethic in regards to how much they bring in. That's not always a correlation. And that pisses me off. And I like that Monica will continuously kind of double down with it. Whereas we'll see a lot of housewives, especially new housewives 
will get pushback from an OG, from a Lisa Barlow type and be like, ooh, I don't want to rock the boat too much and kind of step back. We see Angie K do it where she latches on to certain housewives, right? Mm -hmm. And we've seen her do it last year with Jen Shaw. This year, it seems to be more Lisa Barlow. And she's trying to hitch her wagon to somebody that's going to help propel her to the next level. And she falls short consistently, but it works for Angie because it's so clunky where we talk about it a lot. Like out of nowhere, like shit will be popping off and Angie's face will just like pop in and be like, what'd you say? And it's like, where'd you come from? <laughs> What's going on here? What does so, they call her? A, a bulldog in the back? A bulldog in the back. Yeah. Like she just kind of like pushes her way onto the scene. You're like, what are you doing here? Like, why are you jumping onto the screen now? And I think that, you know, just for me, just to sum it up, I like what Monica's doing. I think it's a different take than we're used to, but I think that's good. I think it works with this dynamic, especially because we're used to the other housewives now on Salt Lake. Angie Case fits that script as well, where she's kind of similar to the other ladies. Monica's a wild card. And I think that a wild card when done correctly is one of the best infusions you can give into a housewives franchise. So I agree, but the only points I disagree with only because yes, Monica's great for the show. She's entertaining. She gives you a lot of storylines on ones with the affair that she had with her brother-in-law, um, with her mom, the di their dynamic with the kids and all that. But I guess what my thing is like, I feel like Monica is doing a bit too much. Like she wants a moment so bad. Like, you know how you can just tell it's one thing if like the drama comes organically and then you like, you know, throw some shade, but it's another thing when I can just like see it like, and I always say this about Angie K too, where there's a desperation from Angie K to like get some camera time. And yeah. I noticed that with Monica as well. It's like, okay, girl, you know, we get it. You're entertaining, but you don't have to do so much. Like when you're really that girl, you you can you can you can relax. Like let it come to you. I also feel like with the ring situation. Yes, Lisa Barlow can be obnoxious, but I'd be crying too if I lost that ring. Would you know, you I don't want to repeating $60,000 though. I wouldn't keep repeating that it was $60,000. Cause that's in poor taste. It's tacky, but I would be pissed. And that would be a damper on the trip. If I did lose the ring, I feel like she has the right to be upset about it. Um, I feel like Monica is a bit insecure about where she is. I don't think that she's being truthful saying, Oh, well, I'm not materialistic. You are materialistic because you said to your mom before the trip that you felt insecure, like you weren't, you were out of your league, so to speak financially. So you ran out to Louis Vuitton to buy a purse that you couldn't afford. If you weren't materialistic, it wouldn't have mattered. You would have showed up in any purse, but the fact that you wanted to keep up and then remind, remember at the airport, when she was like, oh my gosh, I have my Zannies in my Louis Vuitton purse. Like she wanted them to hear and see that she had the LV purse. So it's like, you do care. You're just angry that you don't have the money that they have yet. And it bothers you. And I think that she's not being truthful about why she's pissed at Lisa. I think it's jealousy and resentment that Lisa has more than she does. But yeah. two things can be true at the same time. Lisa can be obnoxious and tacky, but <laughs> and I love Lee, I love Lisa, but you know, two things can be true. She can be tacky, but Monica can also be insecure and jealous. And I think that it's a mix of both. For sure. Actually, that's probably something to keep an eye on moving forward because you you kind of hit the nail on the head with the insecurity. If that keeps rearing its ugly head, we're going to probably complain about it and we're going to be mm -hmm. able to figure that out. You might be early on that train, and I like that. Now, with her specifically, something to look out for, I feel like what we reference where she's doing too much, 
we complain about that a lot with especially with new housewives or friends of trying mm -hmm. to facilitate way too much trying to force yourself into situations i think she's doing it i don't think there's a good way to do it I, you know sitting back and waiting for the drama to come to you is tough to do True. but angie's doing it the wrong way monica's mm -hmm. doing it sometimes the right way sometimes the wrong way burning bridges with angie immediately on that palm Springs strip is a wild move and i feel like early on we you know, you could look at it two ways. Either that's crazy entertaining and we understand it because we don't like Angie. Or two, she's trying to do too much and she's already burning bridges because she wants to hitch her wagon to Elisa Barlow, hitch her wagon to Meredith to try to stay on the show and make more of an impact. So I think it's something to look forward to and something to just keep an eye on for the rest of the season. But I want to move the discussion a little bit further to why I think Salt Lake's great. And it was because of Heather Gay. And I feel like Heather last year, Steele agrees, clunker of a season really really bad season Brutal. for heather it was her taking center stage with that stupid black eye and then she's trying to defend jen at all costs and we hated to see it i feel like she's returned to form this year i feel like she is settling back in a little bit being a more comedic relief not taking to things too personally and i feel like a lot of the stuff that we've seen so far especially with her talking to her daughters has been great and that's what we want to see we want to see a little bit more of the family life she's not interjecting too much with the bad mormon stuff but obviously there's a good storyline going on there with jack going on his mission mm -hmm. i want to get your take on that how do you feel like heather's performing this year in lieu of what happened last year i've always had like a love hate relationship with heather like i like her you know she's down to earth but the self-deprecating jokes about herself, that's annoying. Um, it's too much flip-flopping, especially with Jen Shaw. You know, when she does assert herself, it's weird because it's like, well, you let Jen Shaw curse at you and call you names for years, and that was okay. But when somebody else now does it, now it's a problem. Um, I just feel like it's touch and go with Heather. Like, sometimes she's like, when she's great, she's great. When she's not, like, she's just off. Like you said, last season was awful with her trying to make herself center stage with that stupid storyline with the black guy that wasn't even true. I just feel like Heather needs to... I'm, I'm going to say that I'm just going to watch it play out with her storyline. I'm I don't know if I'm completely sold on Heather this season because this whole storyline about jack that's not your son he's not your relative he's not your nephew why do you care like i get it but at the same time it's a losing battle because you know lisa's going to be defensive over her son so why even insert yourself there so it's like i can't really respect this storyline because this shouldn't be a storyline for you right like yeah. it's kind of weird yeah we've, we've talked about that yeah right? and it's like there's a weird middle ground for me on that one where it's, I understand where Heather's coming from as far as this is something that she's built a platform around, right? It's where mm -hmm. she is so against the Mormon religion and what they stand for intrinsically, right? You know, they have a history of bigotry, racism, classism, like you name it. They are not a very, I don't even know what the word is. It's there's a lot of sketchy shit going on with the Mormon church and we're all aware of that. Right. So for her to to have this platform in which she is trying to make people more aware of what goes on behind closed doors, especially when you're talking about like the temple and the inner workings of what makes this religion tick. I do feel like she feels that she has an obligation to speak out when she sees a situation that might not be the best situation, especially for an impressionable 18 year old kid who we've discussed 
seemingly is trying to like stick it to his parents because he doesn't want to go to college and he's like i'm gonna go on a mission it's like well does he know what that entails lisa and for me i feel like she's trying to come from a place of can i at least explain to you what to expect from him for the next two years and what you can expect when he returns home he's never even read the book of mormon for christ's sake like he's going into this blind now on the flip side exactly what you just said and i agree with you this is none of Heather's business. She doesn't need to get involved in the relationship of a mother and a son. It's their decision, right? If she is giving him the okay to go and do this, then yeah, she has to be supportive. And I think there's also a level to it where she realizes he's set on this. I'm not going to take the stance of you should not do this because then I'm going to lose my son. He's going regardless, right? He's going to go for two years with no contact with me. I want to make sure I'm sending him off on the right foot. So mm -hmm. I agree at the end of the day, you can't step on that the toes of that relationship. It's inappropriate for Heather to try to force it, especially the way that she did it at the party. It came out of left field. Like they weren't vibing in that conversation. And she's like, like, I would love for you to ask me what my opinion on Jack. And it's like, mm, had you played it better, maybe she'd be open to hearing it, but you just shoved it in there randomly. And now she's like, no, we're not talking about that. That's that's not appropriate. I don't think that Lisa's reasoning behind it was very nice i think that she kind of disregarded heather's experience with the mormon church as being individualized whereas heather's entire platform is that of no this is happening all over the world to people just like me every single day and lisa almost made it seem as though she did mormonism better than heather that's why she had a better experience it's like no you don't really follow it because you own a tequila company you wear whatever you want like you can't wear a strapless anything to a Mormon church. They'll kick you out of the Mormon church if it's like a real LDS church. So at the end of the day, I agree with you. She can't, she can't speak on that relationship. It's not her son. But I also have some sympathy because it has to be a very difficult scenario to see this kid that doesn't know what he's getting into. Lisa has no clue because her idea of Mormonism is like a happy childhood in which they kind of followed it, kind of didn't. And I think when Jack gets back from a two-year mission where his job is to convert people to Mormonism, it's going to be a much different Jack returning home. And maybe that's what Heather's trying to warn her about. I agree. Like, I agree that Heather really is trying to make it her mission to help. But like Lisa's somebody who like, she just wants to hear what she wants to hear. Like when mm -hmm. it's one thing, if you have, a, if you know somebody where they're open to listening, but if they're not like, just save your breath, you know? So I guess I feel like this is like a losing battle. Cause Heather, yeah. like you do know that Lisa doesn't care. Like if, if it's not about clothes and like, she doesn't care, she's vapid and there's nothing wrong with that. Like I get it, but she just she wants to do what she wants to do and it is what it's going to be and she doesn't want to she's not open to hearing anything yeah and yeah. i think unfortunately or you know for better or worse it's going to take center stage at some point just based mm -hmm. off of the way the episodes have been going having that conversation where heather's on the phone with her daughter talking about how jack's going on a mission her daughter is a little confused didn't expect jack to do something like that those aren't the types of things that Bravo editing is going to throw in there if it's not going to take some sort of center stage later. So I'm interested to see where it happens. I hope for the love of God that Heather can back down a little bit because of all the things that you just talked about with Lisa. Lisa wants to hear what she wants to hear. She's not going to be able to hear anything that Heather's saying because it's not going to be in Lisa's mind coming from a place of support. It's going to be coming from a place of bashing the Mormon church because she's already made that very clear. So I think it's going to take some sort of center stage for the rest of the season. Hopefully it doesn't drag on for too long, 
Hopefully yeah. there's not a lot of burnt bridges, but you know, we'll see how it goes. What's up, bros? Still here to talk to you guys about HelloFresh. Look, I don't know about you, but I'm sick of going to the grocery store. I got too much going on during my week to take a break, to go to the store, walk up and down the aisles, wait in line for the self-checkout, which is supposed to be faster, but now everybody uses self-checkout, so the self-checkout takes just as long as the regular checkout. It's a whole thing. But now, thanks to HelloFresh, I don't have to go anymore. HelloFresh does all the shopping and the meal planning for you. The ingredients arrive at your doorstep pre-portioned and ready to cook along with pictured step-by-step recipe cards. How easy is that? Even though the fall can feel jam-packed, HelloFresh makes whipping up a home-cooked dinner actually doable with quick and easy options, including their 15-minute meals. That's less time than it takes to get delivery. And with everything pre-portioned and delivered right to your door every week, this is really a no brainer and i am a private chef and i am very very much a stickler for my ingredients but when i got my box of hello fresh i checked all of the ingredients they're fresh they are ready to go and i highly recommend this service so go to hellofresh.com slash 50 brav bros and use code 50 brav bros for 50 percent off plus free shipping that's too good of an offer to pass up you get 50 percent off and free shipping Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50BravBros and use code 50BravBros for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And then we got two more things with Salt Lake that we're going to move on. The first, I want to just talk about Mary Cosby a little bit and what she's doing this season. Because Shooter and I disagree a little bit. We agree for the most part. And... Look, I love Mary for what she brings to the screen. Okay, I did not care for her comments on Watch What Happens Live, the body shaming of Heather Gay. I think that's bullshit. But I'm okay with her on screen being in the background and just coming in with a one-liner out of nowhere. Like, she's good at that. It's funny. She doesn't care what anybody thinks, and she's going to tell you exactly how she's feeling. But I have an issue when she's not even present there. Like, I need her at least in the room for those quick one-offs where it pans over to her and she says something mean about Heather's jewelry. That's funny. I'm okay with that. And, you know, getting to see her weird relationship with her son, who her son is literally her, and they're having this awkward conversation, but we actually see her get emotional and have a very real response as a mother. Like, I want you to be able to talk to me about anything. I'm like, oh, this is an interesting aspect of Mary that we've never seen before. Yeah. I would actually like to see a little bit more of this. Shooter, on the other hand, he thinks that she's playing it perfectly. So I, <laughs> I would love to get your take on how Mary's doing this season. I feel like I'm on your side, Steele, about Mary Cosby this season. When Mary's fun, like she's fun. When she told Whitney off on the bus in Palm Springs, um, that was great. But I'm wearing a bit thin of her. I think that there's a line between like funny and rude. I couldn't even get through her episode with um, her. I watched what happens live with her and Z-Way. The energy was off. I was like, no, thanks. I'm not even going to continue this. Um, I didn't like how she talked to the waiter at Lisa's party. Mm -hmm. I feel like, how dare you? You can put the pizza in the box yourself and go home. Like, who are you? Like, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't like that aspect. I think that Mary's kind of coming off as miserable. It's like, okay, I understand you're a friend of the show. You don't really vibe with a lot of the women there. Meredith is really, is only your friend there. Um, 
But if you're going to come around, then at least put a smile on your face. Like, I don't really believe in going somewhere if I'm not in a good mood. Like, if my energy is off, then I'm going to stay home. I would not be at a, on a trip with people that I can't stand. I wouldn't go to Lisa's event if all I'm going to do is complain and just say, well, you know, I wasted my outfit. Why am I here? And then you're, crit you're critiquing Heather's jewelry. I mean, yeah, it was funny, but I was like, Mary knows who to play with because somebody else would have said, excuse me, I really don't care that you don't like my jewelry. They would have clowned her in her outfit. So I just feel like Mary's coming off as rude and I'm getting a bit tired of it. Like you can't really be a one trick pony. And like you said, I would like to see some more family scenes when she's vulnerable, when she was crying about her son, not telling her about he got married, like more of that and less of just being rude because that's what it is. At this point, it's not even funny. Like it was funny in the first three episodes, but give us more. It can't always be you at the side not participating, but now you want to, you know, get McDonald's and then say how bored you are and how much you hate them. Like we're getting a bit tired of that. Shooter, I don't, I don't think there's a world in which Mary is involved in everything that we want her to be involved in. And she's happy all the time. It's, I, it's just not going to happen. We're never going to be getting a happy Mary a hundred percent of the time. She's going to have rude comments. I feel like my point is I don't need her there all the time. She's a friend of, she's not a full-time housewife. I'm okay with her going to McDonald's. I'm okay with her sitting out of the trust fall thing because of all the reasons that we just listed. She has the tendency to get rude when she's in a bad mood. If she's only there a little, like every so often, she might be able to just make a couple of jokes here and there. And then that's it. See you later, Mary. I don't need to see you with your family. I don't need to see you with your weird grandfather husband. It doesn't matter to me. You can just be there for a little bit of comedy. And that's all I need you for. That's my point of view for Mary. But she's always in a bad mood, though. Like, it's yeah. every scene she's in a bad mood. She's never happy. But she she can still make a joke here and there. And then when she gets bored even more, then she gets unhappy. And then she's ripping people apart. And then that's, you know, even sometimes when she's ripping people apart because Whitney's talking and she tells her to shut up bobblehead like that's fun like that's a good that's a good line because half the time we're watching whitney talk and we're like shut up bobblehead like enough of you <laughs> well the last thing i want to do and we do this on every midweek episode but we have a power rankings where we normally rank the shows that are airing right now but since we're kind of in an in-between window we're going to power rank salt lake real quick your top to bottom who's your favorite to least favorite Favorite right now, Meredith. Um, Meredith's your number one? Yeah. Oh, okay. I love okay. Meredith. Okay, yeah. well, we're not supposed to interrupt. Keep going, keep going. Number one, um, Meredith. Meredith, I, I don't really know after Meredith. I guess, I guess Lisa. And then, oh, that this is hard. And I guess mm. Aunt, Angie and... Monica are like, no, no, Monica's at the bottom. Okay. And then, no, okay. no, it's Monica and Whitney at the bottom for me. All right. I guess Angie, she's sort of growing on me. Mary's like second to last. And then I guess Heather. Okay. So, so, let, me, let me, so it's Meredith, Lisa, Heather. Angie. And then, okay. Meredith, Meredith Heather, Lisa, Angie. Angie. Heather. Heather. Yes. Whitney and Monica. Monica. Yes. Okay. All right. Shooter, you go. Uh, I've got Heather at the top for now. I could see that turning very quickly, though. Yeah, we it, fluctuate could, a lot around she here. Could, she could jump to the bottom of the list very quickly because she is going down a very dangerous path. So I've got Heather at the top for now. 
Uh, I've got Lisa at two still. I'm still holding on some hope that she can kind of break out of this weird funk that she's in. She's kind of by herself, just mm -hmm. kind of doing her own thing and not really making friends. She's still trepidatious about her friendship with Meredith. So I, I don't really know where that's going to go. I just hope that she returns to a little bit better form. Leave her at that two spot. And then I've got Monica at three, Meredith four, Whitney five, Angie six. I feel like Angie is a useless waste of a housewife. I just don't see any reason for her to be on the show. She looks so weird in her scenes with her family. Everything looks so orchestrated Scripted. and planned. And by the way, did I mention that she's Greek? Because she mentions that she's Greek all the fucking time. So here we go. We've got a Greek Easter over here. What is Greek Easter? Well, we've got Easter eggs. We've got ham. Oh, so it's it's Easter. Okay, sick. That's great. Oh, we're going to throw some money. Okay, there we go. Like, I am tired of her talking about her being Greek. I, She doesn't get the growing pains anymore because she's been on the show. You were on the show last year. You got a taste for it. Now you have to understand how this works. Show a little bit more. Be authentic. Be organic. And that's kind of where I stand. That's fair. Mine, I'm going to go Monica 1, Heather 2. I know. That's why I wanted to do this. Whoa. Heather 2. <laughs> uh, three is Lisa. Four, Meredith. Five, Whitney. Six is Angie as well. Angie bugs the shit out of me. But <laughs> yeah. She's just boring. The, yeah. For the same reason shooters said, I don't need to repeat them. But do you think there's any truth to this rumor that's going around Salt Lake? About Sean? About Sean, yeah. Or do you think Sean's getting railroaded because he's a male hairstylist? I th I don't think it's true, but I think that Angie's full of it. She knows that she, she said that she's heard this rumor for 30 years. So why are you mad at Meredith? Like, you've already heard this for three decades. So why? Like, it's giving that you're just doing this for a storyline. That's all she's doing it for. That yeah. comes yeah. off, like, so obviously. And that yeah. I think the most scathing evidence of that is when it comes up, she calmly walks over to Meredith and says, can I talk to you? It's like, no, she just accused your husband of cheating on you. If this is real, I would stomp across. The, I would kick the fucking door down and be like, we're having a conversation right now. Yeah. Meet me outside real quick. And we're going to hammer this shit out. Like nobody goes over from a cheating allegation and says, excuse me, Meredith, can we have a little, just a quick chat, please? Like it makes no sense. I, I actually, I just started laughing halfway through that because I, yeah. thought, of a, I thought of a really good segment. We call it Sean getting railed or getting railroaded. Oh, no. And we're canceled. No, yeah, I'm just kidding. Really like my eyelash is already like trying to come off. It's going to come off like that. I'm like screaming. Yeah, well, welcome to the Brav Bros. This is what we do here. <laughs> but. Let's keep on moving. I want to get to Roni real quick uh, before we talk about Beverly Hills. But what did you think about the reboot? We loved it. The duration of it. We liked the entire season. There's obviously some slower episodes as every single season has. But we thoroughly enjoyed the new take on it. We liked the new cast. We liked the fact that they got away from the old tropes where it was all centered around just getting hammered and screaming at each other. So we, we actually enjoyed this season a lot. We have heard a lot of backlash. We've, we've got support on both sides. There's some people that are anti the new show. They can't get on board. The people that say they're not going to watch it, period, just because the OGs are gone, are the worst bunch of people ever. Because the, what drives me nuts about that argument, and I can't say it enough, you stopped watching the OGs. There's a reason that show is no longer on the air. 
because you stopped watching. So you want to clamor to get back Dorinda and that whole crew and Luann and all of them, but you stopped supporting them. So now you want them back? Like, it makes no fucking sense to me. But your take, what did you think about this first season of the reboot? I thought that they gave us a solid um, reboot. I, I thought the first season was pretty good. I know there was a lot of mixed reviews. I had some of my subscribers saying, I'm only watching you. I'm not watching this. I stopped after like episode four. But I think overall, they did, they did a good job. They found their footing. Um, I think that a lot of them need to cut Jessel a check because she carried she carried this season on her back. Mm -hmm. Like they need to get her a back brace for Christmas because she, <laughs> I know her back has to be hurting. Yeah. Because a lot of these women had no storylines, nothing to offer. And all they did was go after her marriage. Cyan, Aaron, I'm looking at you because what did you bring? Zero. Zero. <laughs> Swinger allegations. Yeah. Yeah. Weird, creepy yeah, sex. I also, I, I think that Cy was quoting us directly when she started talking about recruiting. Oh. I know. I called that out. I called it out like, a month ago and that whenever that weird aired. like dinner that they had we were like yeah, yeah it feels like, like they're recruiting and that's exactly percent. what Cy said so I, uh, that's what they watch like. no they watch like they'll try oh, to pretend yeah. like they don't watch but like if you say something bad about them they'll be in your dms on instagram like, hey like why did you say that like but it's like well i thought you didn't watch us like i thought you didn't watch yeah. or listen to us podcasters and yeah YouTubers. oh and you're I, not you're not name searching in twitter yeah, yeah okay <laughs> sure you're not yeah okay mm -hmm. but she said that and i felt weird because when I'm watching that scene with the four of them sitting down, Sai and her husband were in on that conversation. They were mm -hmm. full participants. And I felt like Sai just threw Aaron under the bus. And Aaron's like, what the fuck? You were you were part of that conversation. What are you talking about? You can you can save me right now. And that's what I feel like Sai has brought to the table the whole season. She's the only, my real only issue for the entire season, aside from bullying Jessel the whole time. She didn't really have much of a storyline either. Yeah. She just held on to, well, you know, my past is my past and it was traumatic and this is what we're going to do. And then when Jessel tried to relate, she shoved her down. She shoved Erin out of the way. She was just trying to do, I have no idea what the hell she's trying to do. It was she like was she the only one that I felt like didn't hit. Her. Yeah. Like, and I didn't see that. I, we saw a, a clumsy Jessel who was trying to relate that didn't do a great job of it, but was clear. And she even alluded to it in the reunion episode where she's like, because you're so shut off. I was mm -hmm. trying to find some kind of common ground with you. And that was what Shooter and I have been saying for a while is like, I don't think Jessel's coming from a malicious place. No. I think no. that she's just trying desperately to be friends with Sai. And the only way she knows how is like, oh, well, my uncle was an alcoholic. And Sai's like, oh, you're fucking dumb. Don't say that. It's not the same thing. Check, please. I'm out. Like she never, ever relents. And it's not fun to watch. She had a tough season. And it's so funny that you say Jessel needs a back brace for carrying the season because she does, but out of nowhere, like you rewatch the first like three, four episodes, whatever, even us on our show, we're like, Jessel stinks. And then all of a sudden the other girls start to fall down the power rankings and Jessel just keeps slowly climbing and you start to understand. And that's what I love about these shows. And that's why I love watching them so analytically as we do every week. Because you get to see like the rise of a star out of nowhere. Nobody yeah, would have pegged Jessel to be the fucking like star of the season. Oh. And all of a sudden you start to understand how she ticks. You're like, oh, you're not rude. You're just clumsy. Mm -hmm. You just don't say the right thing all the time. But your relationship with your husband is the most genuine one out of anybody here. 
You guys seem to actually like each other. The other people seem like they're putting on a show for TV, which is even funnier that Sai goes after her relationship again in the reunion and says to her, what did she say at the end of it? She's like, it seems you guys have no connection, which is yeah. probably the meanest thing that she said thus far and yeah. masks it with, I need to stay out of your business. You guys don't have a connection. <laughs> I, it's not my business. <laughs> it's like, that's the most backhanded shit ever. Like, it's insane. And then that's the only, that's the type of thing that you're only going to get in a reboot season one, being able to see someone, you have no idea where any of these women came from. You have no allegiances. You've got nothing. You're just looking week by week. And as the three of us do, we look at it very analytically and we're trying to project for the end of the season, who we're going to like, which storyline makes the most sense to us. And like you said, the first couple episodes, we did not like Jessel at all, but we saw so much growth and we got to see the family aspect. We got to see something very real between her and Pavit, not only their relationship, but also their sex life, which is crazy to share on reality TV in front of millions of people. And they went through everything. And we got to see her come out as a stronger person because of it. And that's something that you want to root for. And that's something that you can only get. Maybe you get it here and there with a new housewife installed into an already existing show. But we got to watch it happen in real time. And that's something that you actually cheer for. And that's not something that I would have said, you know, a couple of years ago, I'm going to cheer for a specific housewife on a show. That's not something that I ever thought my life was going to be. But here we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to add on to a few of your points, because I think that Jessel is like the perfect embodiment of slow and steady wins the race and how yeah. it's not a marathon. It's Wait, 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 it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Is, am I saying That's it right? Yep. It's yep. a marathon, well, not a sprint. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> but I think that you can tell who comes in thinking that they're going to be the fan favorite. Cy and Erin came in overestimating themselves. Like, oh, we're going to be those girls. Because you can tell the smug looks throughout the season. They're like, oh, yeah, we did that. Like, they're going to love that. And it's been the complete opposite. The fans are eating them up on Instagram. They've limited their comments. Like, no one can stand them. I also feel like, Sai, what a joke for you to say, oh, I don't see a connection between you and your husband. Well, I don't see it between you and David. David, you guys look like two friends to me. Like, he looks like, you know what? I'm not going to go there. But no, I no, just please said, go there. <laughs> no, really, I said, honestly, he looks like. He's like an older relative or like, I don't, when I see them together, I don't see a husband and wife. I don't see two lovers. I just see like, that's your friend and he's a lot older. Well, that's I mean, if they, if, if they don't have sex for a year and a half, David's getting the fuck out of that relationship. He's, he already yeah. himself. He's gone. <laughs> but like, then you come to find out there's some shady business about how they got together. Yeah. It's like, how are you going to mm -hmm. throw stones in your glass house, Jessel, when your backstory is not what you're giving us, actually, as far as how you and David got together. Like, that's not very clean. You worked at his bar. He was married to somebody else. Then you got pregnant. Like, what happened there? But you want to comment on Pavit going to have a banh mi sandwich in Vietnam. And we got to the bottom of that one quickly, thanks to one of our commenters. Before he even talked about a mild, like a mileage run, mm -hmm. one of our commenters was like, oh, he must be going on a mileage run. <laughs> like weeks before. And I was like, what is that? And then he said it on TV. I was like, oh, okay, that's a thing. And for me, that's enough. It's a 24 hour trip. Like who gives a shit? And Cy, and I think that you said it perfectly with the whole entire thing of during the season, Aaron and Cy are like, this is gold. We yeah. are crushing it right now. Yes. We're tearing Jessel down. This sham of a marriage that she's running with Pavit. Like we know better. He's cheating on her in Vietnam. It doesn't work. And then fast forward to the reunion. They've watched it through. They realize they suck. 
So I backpedaled the entire yep. reunion. She apologized <laughs> relentlessly, realized that she was a huge bitch the whole time, and now is trying to like save face because she's read the comments and knows that nobody likes her. So I mean, partly and she, sucked, and she was her. bad at that too. I know like she, she was, but like, she could have done a complete 180 and been supportive and nice during the reunion and maybe apologized to try to get some fans back. Instead, she burned her only friend on the show, called mm -hmm. Aaron a liar. I don't think yeah. I know. I don't think Cy knows what a liar is because she, she calls everybody a liar. It's like <laughs> but you, you had the wrong week. You're a liar. You're an absolute liar. You're going to lie about everything. It's insane. And we talk about it all the time, especially with reunions whether or not the housewives are going to rewatch the season and figure out where they did things wrong and try to reciprocate or try to, I guess, redo something on the reunion to try to get into a better light. Cy tried to do that and it didn't work. It made her even worse. So watching her struggle through that, I'm not going to lie. I got a lot of enjoyment out of it because that's something that we root for when there's a bad person on a show who's bullying someone else who doesn't deserve it. And then they come out and they try to do the 180. We root against it. She sucks during the reunion. And it was very apparent. And I think that everybody now knows and everybody can see her for who she is. Mm -hmm. And I did want to add to your point earlier, Steele, about um, how Jessel could be like clumsy with her words and how sometimes She's just trying to relate. I didn't think that she was being clumsy or, you know, like rude by bringing up her uncle. I think that she has just as, just as much of, of a right to bring up her experiences because Sai dominated the conversation. Anytime they were talking, she always brought it back to herself and how there's a Christmas tree from the dollar store and, you know, her parents weren't around and, you know, she was poor, had to drop out of school. It was like always this sob story. And I feel like you're not the, she's not the only one with the story. And I feel like just because it's not the same, you know, Jessel has the right to bring up her uncle. Because think about it, in the finale episode, when Bryn and her went to Central Park to um, pick out a, a tree for Bryn's grandma, what did Sai do? She immediately brought up her mom and how her mom had her in Central Park. It's like, let Bryn have the moment. If you yeah. want to say about Jessel bringing up her uncle when you're talking about your mom, then allow Bryn to have her moment and not bring up your mom. Like, That's it's really just... Good point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think that when I say clumsy, especially in that that lunch scene where we see them together, it's almost like a read the room moment. Whereas most people, I think, would look across the table and see that size rolling her eyes, being dismissive, trying to get out of there as fast as she can. And it just seemed like I agree with you. And I think that you're you should be able to share your experiences with anybody. And if you do it in a respectful way where you're not trying to like one up, and I don't of think Jessa was, I just think that she had to have been able to look at the situation and be like, mm, this probably won't land considering how this has gone previously when I've tried to relate. So like she's clearly irritable and irritated. And also that's the other thing that she could have done is recognize like, Jessa, you're not wrong. Size being an asshole in this lunch scene, you don't have to relate to her. You can also just say, hey, you're being an asshole. I'm leaving. But that just shows you who Jessel is. She's like, I want this friendship so badly for some reason. We don't really know why. But I think that's what I mean by clumsy is in that moment, it, there's no way that's going to land. It's not going to go the way that you're wanting it to go. And I think that she saw like a small opening there and she's like brings up the uncle. But for Sai, she's like, oh, she's doing it again. She's trying to relate. Fuck you. I'm leaving. And I yeah, but I feel like Sai put her in that position with mixed signals. Sai can't be sitting there saying, we need more from you. I want to yes. hear about you. And then as soon as Jessel starts talking, she starts rolling her eyes. Mm -hmm. She's doing that on purpose to make Jessel 
angry to make her feel like she's the bad person in the situation and then immediately knocks her down. So I feel like that's just size MO. Originally, we thought, all right, Jessel, you can probably shorten it up a little bit. And Bravo editing, of course, did her a little bit dirty. They did the, you know, so on and so on and so on and kept skipping around. <laughs> but at the end of the day, Cy was putting her in that position and it's an impossible position to be in. So for Jessel to come out on top and kind of reflect on that and see in real time that she needs to just cut her losses at this point, stick to who she knows, stick to people that are supporting her, stick to people that are being nice to her in this group. And once she started doing that, she came out on top across the board. Oh my God. She's in Rolling Stone. She's going on yeah. SNL. Like yes. she, this is like the rise of the century. That's what I was saying. Like mm -hmm. we have not seen a housewife start at the bottom and then end the season on Rolling Stone and Saturday Night Live from a brand new show. At least I yep. not in our small tenure since we've been in the Bravo sphere. But yeah. the the last thing I want to talk about with Roni, or it's two things, is with Aaron. And Aaron was up and down our power rankings all season. She ended up very close to the bottom next to Cy for me. What do you think about Aaron? Like, do you think that she's just grasping at straws trying to get in with the cool kids that's what i think do you think that her just what's your take on aaron overall overall i don't think that aaron is a great fit for the show i always say that in my um recaps you can't be the victim and the villain at the same time you have to pick a lane and Erin likes to straddle the fence because she has her mean girl moments aside. Then the minute somebody claps back at her, she's crying and she's upset. And, oh, my gosh, how could they do this to me? It's like you can't do that. If you had all this smell throughout the season, I don't want to see you crying at the reunion saying, oh, well, I'm sorry. And I didn't mean that. Yes, you did. Either stand in it or give a sincere apology. But I don't think that. Aaron really brought that much. She's a bit dry. She's a bit dull. And that's no shade. I'm not just ragging on her just to do it. But I don't think that she really fits personality-wise. She's too tightly wound. I don't want to see that. I think she'd be better suited on Million Dollar Listing, honestly, versus Housewives. Oh, yeah, that's a really good call. Take, yeah. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's with with uh, Aaron specifically in the beginning of the season, Cy bullied Aaron. Mm -hmm. And she immediately, instead of, you know, playing the victim and just staying away and doing what Jessel did and finding other people in the group who might be able to support her, she latched on to Cy. And she said, if I'm friends with Cy and I do all the shitty things that Cy does and back her up, Cy won't be able to lash out at me so I can be protected in this position. And then we get to see, again, something that I was happy to see. Cy turns on Aaron randomly in the reunion. It's like, well, there you go. That's what you get, Aaron. The last thing... Um... And I just want to talk quickly about Jenna. I I love Jenna Lyons, and I think that she was good for the show. I don't think that she's coming back. I think that she's going to be a one and done from just some, I don't know. She's The way that she's spoken about the show afterwards, and you know, she had that interview, or I guess it was Watch What Happens Live, where Andy's like, what's your thorn? And she's like, the whole season. Now, do you think that, it's pivotal for her to come back. Do you think that she was just a fun glimpse into like the life of Jenna Lyons? At least we got to see it for a year and then we're going to move on from it. Or do you think that this show needs her to continue to kind of push forward? I think the show does need her. I think that Jenna really brought a lot. I think that she's just very, she's effortlessly cool. Like she's just, she's just that girl. Like she doesn't have to try too hard. She just is. Um, I feel like they do need her, though. I do. I think that she brings a special something to the show. I also feel like with Jenna, 
Jenna is a master at like playing the demure and you know, she's so shy, but I think that she really does like all the fanfare. It's definitely a resurgence. I see her, you know, she's out in Paris. She's with Usher. She's with all the celebs. Like, she's loving this. She got the cover, I think, of what? New York Times or New York Magazine a few weeks ago. I think yeah. she's loving it. I think that she's just saying that because she probably wants Bravo to offer her more money because, you know, people like what they can't have. It's a negotiating tactic. I think that you know, Bravo, Bravo likes it when you're like, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to return back. They like that over a one who's like thirsty, like a dog, like, you know, and do anything to stay on the show. I think that Jenna is playing her cards right. Where Andy's going to be like, no, we need you. Like, you need to like come back on. Like, we'll offer you X, Y, Z and little bonus to come back. I think that she's playing her cards right. She's playing coy. Okay. Well, did, now, do you think that that's more in line with her actual personality? that she is playing coy all the time? Or do you think it's what Uba said, where she's a powerhouse and she plays up this whole character on TV? She is a... Okay, so I think that she's... When she said you can be powerful and vulnerable at the same time in response to Uba, I think that she is, like, demure. But, like, you know how to, like, play up per, your some parts of your personality that are, like, really desirable? And I think that yeah. everybody does that. You know, I think that sort situations like you're going to play some stuff up. I think that's just what Jenna's doing. I don't think that she's being fake about it. I think that she's just playing the game, but she's playing she's playing it the smart way and they're kind of pressed about it. But I do think that she is a powerhouse because you're not a CEO and you're not like powerful. So I think that she's very powerful, but she's, she's like, I'm not in a work dynamic. Like you guys aren't my subordinate. So I don't need to express that. You know, I don't need to express that part of my personality. We're all yeah. on the even playing field. So why do I need to be this powerhouse in this situation? It's not that. It's well said. So. The, the one fun question I have, and I called this beginning of the season just because I want to will it into existence because I love Uba. I think she is fantastic for TV. Like, I want more Uba all the time. The only bright note of Dubai was Chanel Ion who is cousins with Uba. Do you yes. think that there is a world in which we get Chanel as a member of the Roni cast and we get those two together? Cause that's what I, I want. That's a really good question. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I guess would Chanel Ayan be down to move to New York? That's what I don't know. I, I think I, we're going to see her. I think we'll see her on the show, but I can't imagine she'll be a full-time. Yeah. Housewife. I don't think so. Wishful thinking. Never. I know it is wishful thinking. I, I would love to see her in New York, in the, especially in this cast. And then her and Uba can just like run through the entire cast. That would be great for me. But, but don't hate me. Okay. Cause yes, I love, I love Uba, but I thought that she flopped at this, at, in this first part of the reunion. Absolutely. She did, flopped. She did because okay. I don't think that she, it's tough. Cause it's the first reunion and I don't think they know what to expect. I think she went into it assuming that she had to act a certain way or come with some kind of ammo. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that she delivers is that Jenna's not real with us. And then 15 minutes later, she's like, that's what I meant to say. And it was something totally different where yeah. it's Jenna is self-deprecating. And that's not really what she presented to the group initially. So I agree with you. I don't think that she came fully prepped for the reunion. I think she got caught off guard by it, and that's a shame. I'm hoping for 
a better second part. And I think that kind of rings true for everybody in the room. Like we didn't get a whole lot out of this one. It was a lot mm -hmm. of just exposition of like stuff that we've already watched. Like it's explaining things that we've already seen instead of putting them against each other. Like you explain yourself, you explain yourself, which is the reunion setup. We, we love because we want, well, do we know if we're, are we going to get a uh, husband portion of this reunion? I don't, uh, think, I don't so. think so. Damn. Yeah. I feel like that would be good because yeah, they can go good. after Pavit again. And that would, be, I would love to see where they are at this point. Yeah. Cause I think, seriously. I think Pavit is, they actually referred to Pavit as the seventh housewife yes. in that first part, which <laughs> is hilarious. I love to see that, but I feel like he would show up. He would absolutely show up with receipts in some sort of like manila folder and go after them all. And I feel like I would really like to see that. I just don't, I, I think people put a lot of hope and dreams into the reunions. Whereas Uba was great the entire season. I didn't really know what was going on in Anguilla, but maybe something else has, can come from that. And I think that she can deliver next year. So I, I'm not as concerned if she doesn't perform during the reunion because at the end of the day, reunions are just episodes of the season. If she performs all season and doesn't at the reunion, I'm okay with that. But do you think that she really delivered this season? I feel like there I feel like there were so many episodes where we didn't even see Uba. Like she only got 30 seconds of screen time. I felt like we never really got to know her. Yeah. I, I felt like Uba was giving us friend of the show vibes. Like I never felt like Uba gave me full time. That's and I think she was I nervous guess and acting out. She's so charismatic when she's on screen mm -hmm. that I think that it's captivating, right? When, when yes. she's talking, she just brings this like energy into the room when she walks in. So I think that, yes, she could have definitely dove further into a personal life, especially when you see the one attempt to do so is to talk about the man from Connecticut and she leaves the party entirely yeah. and gets mad at everybody. So I agree with you there. I think that she might get away with it better than other housewives would because when she is on screen it is captivating there's no denying it like she's and it's enjoyable very yes. yeah and she's a very yeah. interesting character like she just her life in general is interesting and uba hot like what a random business to have as a supermodel it's awesome it's just I like it. at no point was i expecting to be like oh here's my hot sauce line i'm gonna go over to this beatniks place and make a like custom meal with my hot sauce like didn't expect that so i think you're right i think that there's definitely more there mm -hmm. but i think that she because she brings so much charisma got away with it i don't think that will ring true for two seasons i think you're right for her to perform next year she has to bring it and maybe this is kind of a realization of that hopefully like during the reunion where she sees everyone else is talking about all their stuff then all she can really bring to the table is how she feels about other people's shit because the only thing that's really pressing for her was the fact that somebody outed her relationship with the Connecticut guy. Mm -hmm. So I agree. I think that you're right. I think that because of who she was when she was on screen, she got away with it. But I think that that will not be true if she tries to do the same kind of role in season two. Yeah. Cause like on Twitter, people were just like, yeah, I could take her or leave her. Yeah. That's yeah. Interesting. You know? I, yeah. I just don't know. I'm I'm afraid for a second season to for them to have to do too much and have to put another because I think we're gonna lose one or two as it is. And mm -hmm. if you know, if I have my way, it's probably gonna be Sai because she didn't do as much. She's but coming back. You think she's probably coming back? There's, I and, think we're gonna try to bring back everybody. I think the only way somebody's out is if Jenna just says I'm not coming back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think and that, I, I think hey, that's honestly, the right. I think that's the way to go. Yeah, I agree. You got to give them two full seasons to figure out their shit. And then they can, because like you said, shooter, like 
they're all backpedaling in this reunion. They're all trying to like make up for what they did wrong during the yeah. season, which in one level, it's nice that they're introspective, but at the same time, it's like, don't do it now. Like now just talk about the shit that you guys did and yell at each other for a little while. And then next year you can make some alterations and figure out what you want to do. But yes, I think that next season is going to be very telling as far as how successful this reboot is going to be. I think they, it was, like you said, Brooke, it was a very good first season as far as there's a lot to build on here. There's a lot to grow from. Was it the best season of Housewives ever? No. Was it an enjoyable season? Absolutely. And I think that that's all we needed from it for now. And I think next year is going to be very telling as far as who's going to be successful on this crew. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's finish this up because we've got a premiere tomorrow, according to Brooke, because Shooter and I don't know timelines at all and we thought that beverly hills was next week it's not it's tomorrow so by the time you're listening to this it'll be tonight the episode airs so given what we saw last year and the 46 episode season that we had to sit through because they couldn't give us enough apparently <laughs> there's obviously a lot going on behind the scenes leading up to the season with mauricio and kyle and morgan wade and all of that shit do you think that we get a better season out of Beverly Hills this year coming up? I think so. With Rena gone, the dark cloud has been removed. Thank God. Um, Kyle finally has a storyline. Yeah. She's yeah. coasting. She, Kyle has been coasting for a good five or six seasons. So, yeah, yeah, you're probably right about that. And I, I just, I'm a little scared because I don't know how much of that storyline we're actually going to get. Because that news didn't break until, what, towards the end of them filming. So we might get a couple of episodes here and there. I think what we're going to do is we're going to be doing a lot of looking around to see if we can see any, like, breadcrumbs to see if, you know, are Kyle and Mauricio actually together? Do we see Mauricio not staying at the house all the time? Are we going to see this and that and whatever? So I feel like it's going to be a lot of speculation throughout the entire season. I, for one, I'm so excited that Lisa Rinna's gone now because she was just <laughs> killing me. And that season was so bad last year. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this season, I think. Well, to your point, Shooter, looking for breadcrumbs, what other season did we watch that was one of the most successful seasons in Bravo history in well, which BPR. the majority of the season was looking at breadcrumbs, right? Because yep. we know that Scandal didn't happen until towards the end of the season. So again, this calls into question. We just did a um, a quick spot on uh, Emily Orozco's podcast before oh, nice. this one, and, and it was talking about Mo and Kyle. Now I want to get your take on it, Brooke. Do you think that this Morgan Wade thing, Mo with his Dancing with the Stars partner, and they're like holding hands and getting yep. close, is this real, or did they see a formula with Tom Sandoval and Ariana and Raquel, and they're like, ooh? They got a lot of ratings from this. Maybe we can run this back in our own little way. I hope they wouldn't be this desperate to stay on TV to do this. Like, wouldn't they know? This? Like, I, I really hope. No, I, I, but then you never know though, because Kyle seems like she's really thirsty. She always wanted that fame, you know, because Kim Richards was the childhood star and Kathy had married, you know, Rick Hilton. And she always kind of felt like the sister and like the shadows. So maybe. I, I mean, I really hope she wouldn't do this because she has four girls. The youngest one is like 15. Like, why would you put your youngest through that? Um, I really can't imagine. But then someone was saying that they are put this is all a stunt because he's being sued because he, he went through like he had like another like deal. He did like some like 
something illegally, allegedly, with like um yeah, make sure you throw the allegedly in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all alleged, all alleged, but he did like something wrong with like one of the sales of this like home. It was like selling for $70 million and he didn't like, he allegedly didn't report on something. So they're saying that if he loses his license or, you know, is get sued, she'll say if they divorce, she'll have half the money and they'll be fine. Like they're doing this to protect assets. Like that's Ooh. what I'm hearing. I didn't hear that one. I like that one. I like that's that one. That's, one. That's yeah, a and that makes alleged. a lot of sense too. Yeah, that's a really good alleged. I like that one a lot. But I, I do think if we could try to forget last season, I think we're all going to enjoy no this problem because yeah, I think we're going to get a completely different dynamic with Erica without yeah. Rena on the show. I think maybe Erica might open up a little bit more. We already saw Steele and I saw last year her and Sutton started to become friends, right, Steele? Maybe uh, we'll see them start to maybe hit it off a little more. Uh, but I, I, I want that think, duo to happen. I, I do too. But I do think what's going to happen, I think we're finally going to get Kyle taking center stage because she doesn't have Rinna there anymore. Rinna overshadowed her for, her for years. And I think I think she was okay with that. I think like you said, Brooke, I think that she coasted for the last couple of years and she enjoyed it. Now she actually has to step in and have a little bit of a storyline. So I do want to see what the show looks like. And I think because... We're not rebooting. We've got women that have been on this show for years and years. They know what they're doing. I think they're going to be able to step into the limelight and actually carry a good season. And hopefully that's what happens. I'm, I'm very optimistic and not that cautious about it. Wow. We're usually very cautiously optimistic yeah. here. We don't usually throw it optimistic. <laughs> Dropping the cautious. That's I think, right. That's right. Yeah, drop the cautious. I think that. Rinna not being there is going to change everything. I agree with both of you there. I don't think that she had any place coming back. And I think that it's going to give us the room to finally dive into people that we enjoy. Like we're big Sutton fans here, Garcelle. Like there's a lot more that I want to explore with like their lives and what they tried to talk about last season. I want to talk about that stuff. I want to go to Garcelle's beach house. I want to go see what she's done there. Like I, that stuff's really cool. It's a really cool story. Sutton's got her store. We can talk more about that. I am afraid that Kyle taking center stage is going to fall flat because I don't think that she is ready for the limelight. I think that she wants it. I think that there's part of her, like you said, she wants to prove her worth in this family of these sisters. And I think that a big part of that has been leaning on the fact that she was in halloween as a kid and has done a reboot of that and she put a lot of emphasis on the fact that she was in two minutes of the new movie like <laughs> i think that by putting it on her show i hope that they don't do that is my point i hope that she's not center stage now because i don't i think that maybe if she has a decent season as kind of a supporting role then there's room for her to grow in the future but i think it's a dangerous game to play that just because she's been there as long as she has to try to throw her into the fire, if you will, and be like, all right, it's your show now. Let's see what you got. Because I don't think she can hack it. I think that she's going to fall victim to some of the same tropes that she has previously, where she kind of stirs the pot outside of the group and then it comes back. And then now she's not being as vocal about where she stands and she kind of just sequesters herself off with Dorit. Now they're talking shit about whatever. I would love for a Dorit and Kyle fight to take center stage. I know we saw them at odds last year. But if we could see more of that, and now there's also rumors about PK and Dorit. There's a blind item about that. Potentially, they're not going to be together. So is that going to take center stage? And that's also interesting that that blind item comes out. 
a week before the show is airing. And again, then yeah. we put our tinfoil hats on and we say, well, what's real around here? Because you got Morgan Wade in the picture. You got Dancing with the Stars coming out of left field. Now you got PK and Dorita apparently at odds. And someone else said, <laughs> my favorite comment thus far has been, do you think PK hired someone to murder Dorit? And that was the break-in that happened. It's like, no, I don't. <laughs> but that's a oh great my God. Spin. <laughs> Yeah. That's really? That I don't know how like how much merit there is to it as far as like who said it. But yeah, I read that today. I was like, probably not. That's probably not what happened. I think there was an insurance scam, allegedly. The speculation, I mean, this is all speculation. Yeah, speculation. Yes, it's all speculation. I think that it's interesting that someone broke into the house and just stole all of the $100,000 purses. Weird. Well, I'm, I'm a little scared, though, because when you hear those stories coming out after they've already filmed and then the show's coming out next week, I get worried that Bravo's dropping that to try to drum up a little bit of support for a show that they know stinks. And I get a little worried about that because people are going to start watching because they heard all these outside stories and all the theories and rumors. And then once you start watching, you realize, wow, there's not a lot here. And I'm a little worried about that when I start hearing more and more. All right. I'm throwing the caution back in there, actually. Caution back into yes. the whip. Yes. Yeah, now you're <laughs> like reevaluating, especially when you like you said that Kyle has never been the star, even though she's been on since the beginning. Mm -hmm. It always was like. Lisa Vanderpump's presence overshadowed her. Right. And I think that I've always looked at Kyle as very insecure and just like, she's just dying to like be that girl. Like, I just want to be a star so bad. Like, and it, it's just not like happening for her. And I feel like with this whole thing happening, I do think that she feels, okay, I'll, I'll finally be center stage. I'll finally be the star. And I could see that flopping. Yeah, and it did no, that nervous. lead to the downfall of her marriage because yeah. she took center stage and she's like, this is my world now. Fuck you, Mo. I'm going to hang out with this 26-year-old country star and go all over the country and get all these rumors about me. Or are they on a team together? There's so much. Yeah, see, this is what happens. And now we're tinfoil hats all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> always. But all in all, I'm excited for Beverly Hills. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that being said, yeah, I'm excited for the season. I am excited for the season. But how about any plugs? Or is there anything coming up for you that you would like to tell to our listeners? I will be at BravoCon this year. Will you guys be there? No, we had scheduling conflicts. Oh, no, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, we still have real jobs, which sucks. So, like, we have a live show in, oh, shameless plug, live show November 19th at the Bourbon Room in L.A. Make sure you go get your tickets at nofilterlive.com. But we have a live show in November, so we couldn't do two trips to the yeah. West Coast or to, not. I guess, Vegas. Vegas is, is basically but you know what West I mean. Coast, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah they have Desert. places. Yeah, there's, um, yeah, there's sand. Yeah, like the sands. Wait, no, yeah. didn't they knock that down? Probably. Yeah. There's sand. There is sand. There's literal the sand out there. Yes. Yeah. So beach. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're not going to be there. Unfortunately, we were looking forward to getting out there. But next year, 99.9% .9 sure will be wherever it's at. But yeah, I'll be at BravoCon. So you guys can like say hi to me. I'll be like, hey, you know, it's I had such a good time at BravoCon last year. So I look forward again to this year. Good. Well, well, let us know how it is. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're bummed we're yeah. not going to be there. But make yeah. sure that you guys go and follow Brooke Ashley on her YouTube channel. Subscribe to it. Again, she has a lot of great takes. This was an absolute blast. Thank you so much for coming Thank out you. and uh, hanging out with us two idiots for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm Again, I'm so honored 
I am beyond honored. Thank you for having me. I had the best time. Oh yeah, well, definitely do it again. We'll get you back on here. We'll come on your show in the future, either or. Yes. But um, remember to follow us at Brav underscore Bros on all socials. I can't list them all because they keep changing the names of X, Twitter, whatever. At Brav underscore Bros. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Brav Bros Podcast. And shooter, you got anything else? Uh, go Phillies. Oh yeah, go Phillies. <laughs> well, actually, if you're tonight. listening to this, it's already over. So let's just hope Steele and I are in good moods. And if we're not, you know. Don't reach out to us because we're not. Yeah, don't talk to us. If if this goes <laughs> poorly tonight, then don't talk to us until our Friday episode. And even then, leave us alone. Yeah. But we love you all so much. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're out of here.